0: This podcast is brought to you by Cyberattacks Can Be Prevented. Checkpoint. You deserve the best security.
1: It's unholy. I'm Jonathan Friedland of The Guardian in London.
2: I'm Yunit Levy of Channel 12 in Tel Aviv.
1: And this is one of the conversations we have loved. As you know, through the summer, we are dipping back into the unholy archive, as it were, listening back to some of the conversations that I think listeners, the responses we got suggested, listeners cherished particularly. And here's one with one of the legends of the British theatre and uh, screen, but also now really of world cinema, Dame Helen Mirren. She has played a huge roster of iconic, figures, including uh, the Queen of England, Elizabeth II. But she is playing most recently in a new film, Golda Meir. And she is somebody who takes her work tremendously seriously, immersed herself in the history of Golda Meir, particularly the 1973 Yom Kippur War, which the film is about. Uh, and she really went there.
2: Yeah, you know, it's interesting that, uh, I have a lot of people who come up to me and talk about certain episodes that they love. This is a conversation, not only that people really love, but also there's a specific question that you asked, Jonathan, that people keep quoting to me as being such an interesting question and her answer being so fascinating as well. You asked her about the differences between Golda and Margaret Thatcher. And she said to you that she thought that Golda I mean, that what drove her was not the ambition, the fierce ambition. She was actually, you know, wary of being the prime minister. And I remember while she was saying this, I was, I was sitting across from her in Jerusalem thinking, I had a completely different read of Golda. I thought Golda was fiercely ambitious. She wanted to be prime minister. She did everything she could to get to that. And only later did I realize that's not actually contradictory because— you can be a person who really is fiercely ambitious, wants this role. And the minute it's sort of put on your shoulders, this huge responsibility, you understand the meaning of it when you send men to war, then you're being a little bit wary. So that is an interesting part of the conversation. But I don't want to, you know, uh, tell everything about it because we just need to listen to it.
1: Dame Helen Mirren is one of her generation's finest actors. She has won every prize possible in her field, on stage and on screen, obviously winning uh, Academy Awards, and has played some of the most iconic women of recent history, including famously Queen Elizabeth II. She is in Israel as we speak to promote her new movie, where she plays none other than Golda Meir. You're, neat, you're lucky you're with her there in Jerusalem, in person, our guest for this week, uh, Dame Helen Mirren.
2: Oscar winner, Dame Helen Mirren. It's such a pleasure and a privilege to talk to you today. Thank you very much for thank this you. conversation. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, I, I want to begin with talking to you about this film. And obviously, Golda herself was such an icon in the, in the 70s. I mean, she was the first... Female leader of a, of a, what we like to call ourselves a Western, a modern Western country. You know, can you tell us a little bit about what you knew about her then? What you knew about her going into this, this film?
0: I didn't know a lot about Golda, but obviously I was very much alive and kicking and a young woman, you know, making my way in life in the seventies and I do remember very clearly the excitement. I'm not too sure that that's the right word, but, but the feeling of triumph and of satisfaction and, and of awe, actually, that a woman had been elected to lead a country. Mm. I think it was the first time in my experience that I'd ever known that, let alone as a country as complex and, and iconic, if you like, if that's the right word, as Israel. Um, so it was a very exciting moment for women in general. I would say.
2: Yeah, and and your, I mean, your preparations are always legendary. Can you tell us a little bit about how you prepared? Because the Israeli actors were in awe of how you sort of prepared for this for this role. Well, it's very nice of them to think that. I,
0: I always think I'm extremely lazy. I put it off to the last minute always. Um, but obviously, with someone like Golda. You have the ad- a great advantage of a lot of t- of film and sound, which is very, very important. And and also, I think, uh, because the whole thing of prosthetics has advanced so hugely in the last um, 10, 15 years, you know, you can do things with makeup now that you couldn't do like 20 years ago. So all of that was very adv- advantageous for us and then you know reading her book that was that was very 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 important um i don't know just the little elements start coming together and and then you sort of jump in off the deep end really
1: and and what do you think uh this film adds to the understanding of golda meir that i'm thinking particularly of the audience outside israel in israel it might be very different but for the audience outside israel in other words people you know, like you, who have an outline, an inkling in their mind beforehand of Goldemir. What do you think this film adds that people might not have grasped before?
0: Well, I think, first of all, Guy wanted to do the film because of the release of certain of paperwork, which gave Israel a, a new understanding of what happened backstage, if you like, through the Yom Kippur War. And how, in fact, Golda was not as responsible. She took the responsibility onto her shoulders, but she was not ultimately truly responsible. She was not a, she was not a commander. She listened to her commanders who were, you know, flush from their great success with the six day war and assuming that they would, you know, cruise through this one. And of course, it was absolutely not the case, but she trusted them to a certain extent, fought with them and trusted them. As we see in uh, through the film uh, and ultimately took the responsibility for for the disaster a potential disaster of the Yom Kippur war but um, I, I think for me it, it was understanding the physical her physical suffering that she was going through as well as the mental suffering of dealing with this enormous burden of the war dealing with cancer treatments the incredible pain in her swollen legs the physical demands upon her that she was just
2: gutting her way through. That was a revelation for me, I didn't know anything about that. Because obviously in Israel, she's, she's still a very controversial figure and this is the sort of basic trauma of Israel's history, the, the Yom Kippur War and a lot of people would blame her for not seeing the intelligence, for not preparing the military. So this movie really gives you a different view of her and it's a much more forgiving view of of Golda Meir. Well,
0: I think it is informed by the the release of the of the papers that mm-hmm. were kept secret for many, many years and and I think there is now a, a, a new understanding mm-hmm. of really what Golda was dealing with.
2: Mm-hmm. And and also there's this moment which, by, by the way, is completely true. She said it in, in, in reality as well. She says, I, I'm not the one to make the military decisions. That's what the generals are for. And it's interesting because in when you watch it as a viewer in 2023, it's a little jarring for you to hear the the woman leader saying, I'm not making those kinds of decisions. But that's actually what she said in reality as well. And I I suspect that is
0: a reality about war in, in general. You know, you. You look at the horrific nature of the Ukraine war, for example, and Putin is a monster (laughs) and a dictator, but he has to listen to his generals, Mm -hmm. you know, as Churchill did. Mm -hmm. You know, if a military commander says, I cannot do that, I do not have the men or the uh, equipment to do that. It is not possible. You can't tell me to go there because I'm telling you it is impossible. You have to listen to your military commander. I would imagine that's
1: a general rule
0: of thumb.
2: Yeah.
1: The the, the film doesn't labour this point at all, but there is more than one nod to the sexism she faced. There's this moment where she observes that the men, the ministers and military advisors do not rise for her. They don't stand for her. And she had a memory that they did for her (laughs) male predecessors. And I wonder how much that bothered Golda Meir. Or was she, and this is somebody I inevitably thought about watching the film, was she, like Margaret Thatcher, one of those women who you wouldn't really describe so much as a feminist, as one of those women who thought they could be, as it were, and as Thatcher was called, you'll remember, the toughest man in the room.
0: I, I, I don't think Goldemere and, and Margaret Thatcher had a huge amount in common. I, I don't sense that. I think Margaret Thatcher absolutely wanted to be where she was. And I don't think Golda did. Mm. I, I don't think it was her huge overriding ambition in life to become, you know, the leader of Israel. It fell upon her for various historical reasons and she just happened to be the only person in place when that role became open and and it kind of fell upon her i don't think she wanted it but she did have the capability of doing it which is why you know, they asked her to to take that role because they knew she had the capability, and not everyone does have the capability. But she wasn't—I don't think she wanted to be Queen B, you know, the way Margaret Thatcher did. Um, and certainly, she was very um, supportive of women. Created women's schools, uh, you know, in the early creation of Israel, she was very. Pro women wanted to make sure that you know women were educated and w- women took their place, their equal place alongside men in this new country called Israel. So I I see great, really great differences between the two of them, and and I think likewise, I think you know Margaret Thatcher in uh, the Argentinian war, um, I think she went into it thinking, ha, here I go, it's my badge of honor, this is my Churchill moment, you know, they're going to remember me for this, I'm going to be, you know, I think she she used it rather cynically, politically, I think, I'm not sure, you know much more about this than I do, Jonathan, so, you know, forgive me if I'm completely wrong. But um, whereas Golda went into the Yom Kippur War in particular with incredible... Pain and um, a sense of of the loss of life, um, and and how every single boy who died in the Yom Kippur War was a, a scar on her heart. I think.
1: No, that reluctance um, and the heaviness of the, of the burden is is hugely part of your performance in this film it really comes through and you know as as opposed to Thatcher who wanted to be kind of Gloriana. Uh, yeah exactly
0: so um, exactly yeah.
1: But I did wonder about this point about toughness and whether she did feel and again I think you put this in the performance of feeling the need to be as tough if not even tougher than most men. There are moments where she says they need to think I'm ruthless enough to kill tens of thousands or leave tens of thousands Of men dead, and I just wondered if that was something she felt that you felt she felt as a woman.
0: Yes, I do. Well, I don't know whether as a woman, but certainly as someone involved in a conflict, understanding that to show a moment of weakness um, can be the thing that the dam, the moment that the dam breaks and you are lost. So I, I, I think that within the terms of that war she forced herself into you know a rigid stance because she knew that if if the enemy sensed any weakness you know they would be flooding through the cracks and i can only imagine i've never been in that position in re- <laughs> remotely but um i can only imagine you know that that's a fairly common thing within a war you have to show a, an absolutely rigid Wall of resistance.
2: To survive. To well, survive, I, I yeah. think. Probably my favorite and the survival
0: of Israel was yeah, at stake. Right. And the other thing that I never quite grasped until I did the, the film that, of course, you know, Israel was still a very, very young country. And to lose, I can't remember the exact numbers, of, of 2,600. Yes, yeah. of, of, of boys yes. was a huge percentage of the population of Israel. Right. It wasn't like, you know, losing that number of people out of you know fifty million. Right. You're losing that number of the young, the beautiful young people of Israel, um, and 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 a huge percentage of them. And for a few days, you don't
2: know if the country will survive. Yeah, and right? and, and not, not knowing
0: the country conflict. will survive exactly. So um, the the pressures must have been so enormous. So no, you could
2: not show weakness at that point. You know, there's this beautiful scene with Henry Kissinger um, yes. in which he comes to, to talk to her about the terms of of uh, ceasefire. And, and isn't Lev
0: wonderful as wonderful, Kissinger. He's wonderful, and, yeah. and
2: he says there, you need to remember, Golda, that I am, I'm, I'm reciting from memory that I am an American, a secretary of state, and then I'm a Jew. And you yes. say, yes, but in Hebrew, we read from right yeah. to left," right. <laughs> yes. Which is yeah. such a beautiful moment. And it really captures, I think, what the relationship between those two was actually about, specifically around those days of the war. Yes, I know,
0: absolutely. Um, you know, we can get into the deep, deep conversations of of what it <laughs> means to be Jewish um, and and where in your consciousness of who you are, where, where that sits, you
2: know. But a lot of your roles seem to be of Jewish women. I mean, there's the debt. I, I have,
0: the- yes, the debt. Um, woman in gold, yes, I, Maria Altman. And in fact, I just did a film called White Bird. Yes, well, you know, a lot of great roles. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs>
2: I'm
0: an actress. I, mean, I love that, to play a great role. Is that role. a
2: coincidence? Or it's just it's just the great role and that's it. There's nothing about it that is... Because, you know, there has been this discussion and I have to say, in Israel, it is a complete non-issue, that issue of, of Jewish Of oh, the, the a, Jewish can people. Can a think, non-Jewish yes. actor yeah. act in, a, in yes. a Jewish
0: role? I love the fact that the whole concept of casting has completely been thrown up in the air and and the, the pieces are coming down in lots of different ways and i think it's totally a discussion to be had and it's it's opened up opportunities for people who were excluded you know great actors who were excluded from acting because they were deaf think of coda um you know handicapped so it it it's it's opened up the world of acting to to many people who were unfairly excluded. Mm. So I love that. I think that's great. Mm. Um on the other hand, we don't want to limit Jewish actors to just playing Jewish roles, do we? No. <laughs> and that might be an unfortunate,
1: you know, it's byproduct.
0: <laughs> <true>. <laughs> so, um it's a discussion to be had, definitely.
1: And do you think there's something about the beyond the fact they're great roles? I just wonder if there's something that draws you particularly to these kinds of stories, to Jewish stories that do touch on these, you know, nerves that we've talked about, I mean the Golda story, but you know, t- a couple of stories that the Debt and Woman in Gold that were Holocaust related. You know, do you think you have an uh, in some ways an affinity for this kind of narrative?
0: I don't think it's necessarily an affinity, but I do um, feel very, very passionately, very passionately that we don't forget the Holocaust, that it doesn't slip into history. And we're on the cusp of that happening. And I, you know, I was born at the end of the Second World War and I grew up in post-war Britain and the slow, not the realization of what had happened in the Holocaust which happened really fairly slowly over the next five or six years and the very years that I was growing up and my education about the holocaust which i guess happened to me when i was maybe 11 12 13 that sort of age was i think had a very a really really profound um effect on me so i I've just personally always felt that anything that we can do to remind people of what happened is really important. So um, whenever I've been asked to play, I mean, playing Maria Altman, for example, I felt that issue was incredibly important of the the artwork and, and the belongings that were stolen from Jewish families. Um, and the whole issue of restitution, I felt very passionately about. So I really wanted to do Maria Altman for that reason. I felt the issue was very important. I, I believe in Israel. I believe in, in the existence in, of Israel, and and I believe Israel has to go forward into the future and for the rest of uh, of eternity. Yeah. So and and I believe in Israel because of the Holocaust, basically. So whether I'm Within the film or outside of the f- a film watching it, um, it is something that I do feel strongly about. Yeah,
2: because because the attitudes towards Israels have obviously changed since 1973, and today it's sadly I say as an Israeli much more uh, controversial. It's more controversial and, and, it's more difficult. And I wondered to, if there were, you know if there anyone mm-hmm. trying to say to you don't do this film, don't come to Israel, you know yes, that kind
0: of. Yes, there were, there were. And, and certainly, um, people saying, don't go now today, (laughs) you know, but having experienced Israel in the, in the seventies and then subsequently coming to visit, you know, I've met such extraordinary people in Israel that I, I know that there is a, there is a, a, a base, a foundation of deep intelligence, Thoughtfulness, commitment, po- poetry, even in Israel, that uh, that is very,
2: very special, I think. You spoke against the cultural boycott, for example. You said that's a crazy I did. idea. I did. I, I don't, because I'd met great
0: artists mm-hmm. and uh, in Israel. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, to abandon those artists didn't seem right to me. Um, on the contrary, work with the artists of Israel. Uh, the musicians, the actors, the wonderful actors that I was so lucky to work with on this film. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're members of my, I'm, I'm a member of their tribe. <laughs> I might not be Israeli, but I am a member of the actors tribe, you know. It's the artistic community to, to my, of course, I'm a, I am an actor, so I believe in the artistic community, but it's the artistic community that I believe will carry Israel forward.
1: I'm interested in um, in where the rest of your fellow members of the acting tribe, where they stand on this, because I would suspect some don't have the kind of sympathy or affinity for Israel that you've described. And I wonder whether your stance, your position has ever cost you. I mean, even parts or roles that might've come your way where directors on stage or screen or whatever have thought, "Mm, no thanks, because she's sort of unsound on this issue. Do you think it's cost you at all? Well, gosh, Jensen, I, I wouldn't know, would I? Because, you know, n- n- no
0: one would ever tell me that. Um, I've really doubted. I have really doubt it. I have to say, I, I really, really doubt it. You know, I, I would be surprised if that was the case, I have to say.
1: And you've not fallen out with friends over it?
0: No, no, not at all. Absolutely not at all. I mean, it was funny, you know, m- many years ago, I was at a sort of um, a slightly posh dinner party in, in New York, and there were a lot of liberal jewish people there wealthy liberal jewish people the subject of israel came up and the sort of early days of the conflicts that we are seeing now in israel and obviously the whole issue with the palestinian people which is so profound and and tragic and and difficult and painful for uh, profoundly painful so the discussion was opened up and um they came, everyone sort of said their piece and then they, they came down to me at the end, you know, what's this English actress? What do you say? What do you think about it? What's they saying in London about this? And I said, well, in 1967, I worked on a kibbutz. <laughs> Have any of the other rest of you ever worked on a kibbutz? <laughs> 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 so of course, none of them had, you know, all these <laughs> big Jewish people. Um, so I kind of, oh, <laughs> <one> of <them. laughs> but, um, I, I honestly think it was that early experience that wrote the blueprint for my sort of feelings about Israel.
2: By the way, so did Jonathan. He was, uh, you were in grapes, he was in bananas. Oh, but he was bananas. Also spending, yes, yes. Yeah. He was kibbutz Ha'on, he was kibbutz ben Same, same thing, <laughs> yes. same thing. But that you spoke about that, about having a Jewish boyfriend from the Royal Shakespeare Company. You both were there, and then you came to Israel and you were re- here. Slightly after the the um, after the the Six six Day day War, war, quite briefly after. I mean, about six months after the Six Day
0: War. Certainly, there were no-go areas. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I witnessed things that were wrong. I witnessed, you know, Arabs being thrown out of their houses in Jerusalem. There was, I remember, there was a general strike, uh, an Arab strike, because you know people were just being arbitrarily thrown out of their houses, and there was a lot of things that were very, to my mind, very wrong happening. But, um, also, it was just, um, the extraordinary sort of magical energy and of, of a, of a country just beginning to put its, its roots in the ground. Mm-hmm. It was an amazing time to be here.
2: Obviously, this is also a very intense time to be here now with this judicial overhaul and the protests. And you had said, I think, to AFP that uh, Golda would have disagreed with Netanyahu with what he's trying to do now. Can I ask about your views, what, what you think, what you're looking at when you, when you look at what Israel's going through these days? It's not just Israel, is yeah. it? It's, it's Russia, it's Hungary, it's so
0: many countries in the world. This sort of weird right-wing wave that's breaking upon the shore of the world. It's it's interesting the way things like this happen in different countries, kind of at the same time, and and whether it's some sort of visceral, uh, some human reaction to the rise of liberalism that is that happened in the post post Second War era. I don't know, Jonathan. You probably know you're much smarter than I am about these things. I mean, I don't know. But, um, you know, it, it seems something that that is not, it's not just happening in Israel, let's put it that way.
1: No, I mean, ha- hardly smarter. But I did wonder about whether the timing now, given this wave, I like the way you put it, I mean, the wave breaking on the shore, it is breaking on the shore in Israel. And I wondered if some people... Not, not the, the, the crowd who would have demanded you boycott Israel at any time, but whether other people, maybe even quite pro-Israel people, but liberal people who don't like what's happening now, whether any of them said to you, look, Helen, now's not the time to go, because if you go, it will be seen as somehow support yes. for this no, very No, people, no, People
0: did say that to me. But I said, no, my people are the people out on, on demonstrating. And I know those people. And I know how remarkable they are and how many there are of them and that is israel as well it's not you know it's not one sided so to me it's more to you know, not that i'm my existence here i'm i'm here to promote golda <laughs> you know i'm not here as any kind of political you know mouthpiece or anything at all um but if i was here at the weekend i would definitely i would join a group somewhere find my group within the crowd and i'd be there with them
2: you know, we are, uh, As
0: many of my friends on this film are, instantly. And Guy, uh, our director is there every
2: weekend. Yeah. It's amazing because the Israeli uh, actors uh, with you and all the other people on set said the amazing thing about you is you have absolutely no celebrity attitude. They say they, she hung out with us. She was with us for hours before we came in hours after. Like they, <laughs> they're totally, you know, they adore you and they said something so sort of, approachable and, you know, not at well, all what they My tribe. <laughs> They're my
0: peeps. Yeah, my people. So they felt it. I'm just one of them, really. Yeah.
2: Just something general. We talked a lot about Israel and Jews and about Golda, but something about you. And there are so many actresses in Hollywood who say that they don't get opportunities after a certain age. You have seemed to miraculously circumvent this. I mean, you seem to not, this doesn't seem to be a problem for you. Do, do Can you tell us how or I think I've just honestly just been really really lucky.
0: Mm-hmm. It is so much to do with luck. I mean uh you know the ability to play Golda, is really wonderful. And and yes it's true. I mean for men and for women and and you know there are there, there's a side of of the entertainment industry that is to do with with youth and energy and and so it should be. It's fantastic. Yeah. You know and indeed beauty and all the rest of it. And we all enjoy that and love it. And, and, and so it absolutely should be, you know. I believe in the young. I think they're incredibly important. They're, they we need the young. And, and I think also women's stories were ignored or suppressed or dismissed. And, and I think I've been very fortunate in that I'm still alive, uh, through an era that is realizing the huge contribution that women have made mm-hmm. historically in art, in science, in in politics. Um,
1: G- could I just come in with a parochial British question? And that is that you obviously played the Queen on stage and you played her on film. And I wondered how the death of Queen Elizabeth touched you um, when it I came? I
0: knew it was going to happen in my lifetime. And I knew it was going to be devastating when it came. Because I'm an Elizabethan, you know. I was seven when she was crowned. I think she's been there my whole life, and and obviously a woman who had such a long life, she was absolutely a you know a brick in the wall of my Britishness, and that brick was gone, and I, I'm and and my wall you know wobbled a bit. It was very very profound actually that you know I'm not a royalist particularly um, you know I'm a bit of a bit of a republican really so it wasn't that sort of thing but but it was you know how can i put it really it was my history and and um she was very much not no i always said she was a bit like big ben you know i drove past big ben a hundred times without ever really looking at big ben and really understanding how big ben works you know so it was a bit the same with the Queen, you know, until I did investigate her because I played her. It was profound, but we, but we move on. Life has to move on, and Britain will become a different place. I think also, Jonathan, I don't know about you, but it's the loss of that generation to me as well, and I felt it when when my parents died, a loss of the generation who experienced the Second World War. Experience in Britain, in particular, post Second World War Britain, the bombed-out London, you know, the the 70s, the black, you know, and and the struggle, financial, economic struggle that Britain went through after the Second World War, the nobility of the creation of the socialist state that I very much benefited from, and all of that. That I call them, you know, the noble generation, and and the loss of that generation. I felt very strongly.
2: Dame Helen Mirren, thank you so much for talking to us. It was a pleasure. We could go on and on and on. I think. <laughs> thank you. Thank very you, nice. Jonathan.
1: Thank you very much.
2: This really is one of our uh, my favorite conversations, and I, I, you know, that whole issue of of power and being a leader and holding that power and being a woman leader. Sadly, not too many of those around the world even today, um, not enough, and that that is something that I, I find fascinating. I'm going back to that Golda versus Thatcher question.
1: Yeah, and I think just of all people, to add such an interesting layer to it, um, Dame Helen Mirren, you know, she's played these powerful women, significant women. You know, she will be, I think, forever uh, associated with the late Queen um, because she played her on stage and in that movie, The Queen. But she's now added a whole other thing with Goldemir, and she did bring to the performance this notion of reluctance, of sort of wearing the burden of state heavily, and that's because she was, you know, a war leader. And I think that is a different dimension. You know, the Queen never had to do that, of sending, no. you know, young uh, men and women into harm's way. I, I just think she brought a real complexity to the, to the film, but also to our conversation, and really plunged into some of those very textured conversations about Israel, I think people uh, came, certainly messages came to me that were people were quite heartened by her saying, "Look, if I was to stay on in Israel a few more days, I'd be with you on those protests <laughs> in, process, uh, yes. in those protests on the streets yes. of Tel Aviv." And
2: so, well, Golda opens in in, in Israel uh, August twenty fourth, and I think that it will ruffle a few feathers. I mean, obviously, this is not only a wartime leader; this is someone who was blamed for not preparing Israel for war. The movie takes a more forgiving uh, tone and a more forgiving reading of of Golda, but I think that it will be, you know. It will be very, very interesting how it is accepted
1: uh, here in Israel. And we will be back um, with another conversation we have loved next week. If you're on holiday, if you're on vacation, keep enjoying it and we'll see you next time.
0: This podcast is brought to you by Cyber Attacks Can
2: Be Prevented. Checkpoint You Deserve the Best Security.